Amber Brown, podcaster in the accounting, finance, and fintech space. Our flagship show, Accounting Influencers, is now one of the world's leading podcasts in this genre and has a number of spin off shows over the years. This particular show is now focusing on talent, which, let's face it, is one of the biggest challenges for the accounting world at the moment. And the format stays the same. I interview the experts, the influencers, and the leaders in many different aspects of culture, talent employer brand succession, talent attraction, retention, soft skills, accounting credentials, qualifications, leadership, mental well-being, the brand of the profession, employee value propositions, employee engagement, increasing capacity and headcount in accounting firms, career development, and the usual HR, learning development, DEI, the great resignation, a ton of other talent-related issues in accounting. And whether you're hiring or being hired, happy where you are or considering a move, leading or following, employed or self-employed, totally skilled up and super employable or needing to refresh your skills, sharpen your personal brand. This is the perfect podcast for you accounting, finance and tech professionals to stay competitive, relevant and informed about all things talent in accounting. So let's get moving with today's show. Influencers Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Brought to you by Advanced Track. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network, Rob Brown here with our Influencers in Accounting podcast. I'm thrilled today to have on today's show, Lauren Fogelman. Hello to you. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I am so excited to dig into today's conversation. Well, Lauren, you're such an excitable person. Every time you speak, there's so much passion comes out of your voice. For people that haven't come across you, tell us what you do, Lauren. Well, a little bit to just set this up is I'm a sports psychologist turned business coach. And what I have found as I was going through my training is my education actually gave me the skill set, the tools to be able to do what I do really, really well. But it also prepared me to be an employee working for somebody else instead of an employer or business owner. And what I found because of that is there were three things that I had to figure out to have a business that I run instead of one that runs me. And the very first thing was, communicating my value, what are the right words that attract those quality clients to you instead of the ones who want a lot, but want to pay a little? That's the first thing. And then the second thing is about how to enroll clients into working with me when I don't really want to be salesy. I don't want to push someone into working with me whatsoever, rather just skip that whole part. And then the third thing is how to price my services when I did not want to connect my fees to time. So those are the three things that I have found for county professionals also is communicating value, being able to enroll quality clients, and also pricing their services. But also in research, I've found that about 57% of accounting professionals undercharge, and I am on a mission to change that. Well, it's a very sensitive topic is pricing, isn't it? So we'll dive into that today. What do you know about accountants and their world, Lauren? Uh, accountants and their world is that they are unsung heroes. That, that is what I believe. They make such a difference for their clients, so much that the clients probably don't even realize it, and that their fees do not reflect their value. Because they are so customer-focused, they also end up probably doing a lot for free without ever getting compensated. My feeling is that 
when March 2020 happened and all businesses shut down because of COVID, those accounting professionals were first responders. They were there taking care of their clients and probably even people who weren't their clients, um, a lot of them without ever getting compensated or asking for any fees associated to that support. On your LinkedIn profile, it says, helping accounting professionals double their income while working half the time. It's such a bold promise. And a lot of accountants who are so busy, so stressed out, so anti talking about pricing would look at that and think, well, that's just a dream. But I guess you've got a business because this is really doable. Absolutely doable. Uh, like I said, I'm on a mission to be able to change how accountants look at their value and price their services because they ought to have an accounting firm that raises their quality life instead of detracts from their quality life. So I came up with the raise your rates formula. It's a five-step process. Uh, are you okay if I just quickly go over those five steps right now, Rob? Let's just park that for a moment. I will come to them, Lauren, but I'd like to ask you about the role of mindset in this. And you've got to empower these professionals to make the right choices and be brave with their pricing and position all the value and everything else. So he's part of what you do, as well as the methodology itself, is part of it getting your mind right and the confidence to do that? As I mentioned before, I'm a sports psychologist turned business coach. I know that the difference between athletes who make it to the top and really are able to sustain it is all about the mindset, how they show up, how they look at things when it's not going according to plan A and things happen that they didn't prepare for. And that is true for county professionals also. It, it is about the fact that as you're moving this direction and really looking at your value, you might not have the confidence and, and that's okay, that comes later, but you have the courage to do something different because what you're doing might've gotten you started, but it's not sustainable in the long run. It is burning you out. It's creating a work environment that just drains you and you're not really loving it in the way that you expected. So. The mindset things I see that come up is you get worried about losing clients. There's pushback. Maybe there's something that feels confrontational. You might not realize the value of your clients. And also, I'm just going to let you know, your clients are not as price sensitive as you believe that they are. So yes, those are things. And the other part of it, Rob, uh, is that I have found that the rates you charge are connected to your self-confidence. Low self-confidence, low rates, high self-confidence higher rates. Mm, that's fascinating. And it's great that you've got that coaching psychology background to dip into that element. So yes, you've got this methodology, this five-step process for raising your rates. Talk to us about those steps to increase income for accountants, bookkeepers without working additional hours. Mm -hmm. As I said, it's the raise your rates formula. And this is what I go through in all my with all my clients. Uh, and I share a lot of information that covers these five steps also from the raise your rates formula. The very first one is quality clients, because in the beginning, you're accepting a wide range of clients from low value to high value. And you realize that some clients give you anxiety as soon as you get a communication from them and others are a dream to work with. I want you to understand what are the qualities, what are the concerns and the needs of those quality clients in order to be able to fill your firm with them. After that, we go into number two, which is communicating your value, having the right words that appeals or attracts that quality client to you is going to be different than the words or what you do that attracts a lower value client to you. So you want to have that awareness and really 
have the words that is going to attract more of who you want to work with. And then number three is packaging your services. This is where we start to take that long laundry list of all the things you do on your services page of your website and bundle them together into packages. By doing that, you're able to start separating your fees from time. And this means the more efficient you become, the more profitable your work becomes, as opposed to when you charge by the hour and you're more efficient, you actually are gonna be earning less. So this really rewards efficiency and expertise. Number four, which is what we're digging into today is value pricing. This is different than fixed or an hourly rate because a fixed and hourly rate is where you're pricing what's important to you, typically your time and your course. And value pricing is where you are looking at what's valuable to the client and setting fees based on what is really their concerns and what they value most. And then the last one is uh, consultation mastery. This is if you don't like the sales part or you find objections throw you off and you're shutting down the conversation too soon, or maybe you feel like you're selling and it's not a good fit. This is where you have what I call a value conversation where you're asking great questions and at the end of it, they naturally ask you, how does this work? So those are the five steps of the Raise Your Rates formula, quality clients, communicate your value, package your services, value pricing, and consultation mastery. And it's interesting. It's not one easy thing. It's not one magic bullet. It's not do one thing, say one thing. It's part of a, a, a jigsaw puzzle, if you like. You've got to do them all to see the big picture. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's true with most workflows that accounting professionals have. If you're going in to clean your, someone's books, it, it's not like you're just doing the transactions. You're finding accounts that maybe were never closed and they've forgotten about. Uh, and you're finding other things also. So it it's never as simple as we think it is. Yeah, I understand that. Accountants are busy people. They're very hard workers. We know how diligent they are. They're super smart. They're technically competent beyond most people's brain power. So if they're looking at increasing profits, there are a few options open to them aside from just raising your prices, aren't there? There are actually three main ways that I've seen is you can look at the factory style and get more clients. Uh, that is one way of doing is just looking at numbers and quantity. You can also go ahead and become leaner by cutting costs. Or, and the third way is increasing price uh, prices. When you look at getting more clients or cutting costs, there's some costs of fat of uh, attributed to those two options. When you're increasing your rates, it's almost 100% pure profit that way. So that is something to think about also is the ratio of with each decision, how much profit margin do you stand and make when you're choosing one of these three ways to go? And with accounting firm owners, the founders, they run the business, they make the decisions, everything comes down from them. They set policy on pricing and fees and margins and everything else. If you're in the trenches, if you like, if you're an employed person, you've got to fall into the company culture and their methodologies, their pricing, their margins, their fees. So there's often internal resistance, isn't there, when it comes to pricing what you want versus what the firm wants. Talk to us a little bit about that, particularly with legacy clients that you've had for a long time. Well, I think that the resistance, as we were talking about earlier, is about mindset. If you have to connect with your own value before you can expect anybody else to realize the value that you have to offer. As far as having a firm and employees, if you show your um, employees the reason why you're moving this direction, they will usually stand behind you because you want to have employees that are a culture fit for you. Now, going back and doing this with your legacy clients, a lot of times we feel that there is more resistance than there actually is. I've done some research 
And it shows that with legacy clients, about 82% of your clients will continue to remain with you if you go ahead and increase their rates. Now, I am not talking about a small 5 to 10% increase in rates. I'm talking about even up to 30% is what I've seen with my clients, that you can go ahead and increase their rates without having a conversation with them even. And uh, 82% will go ahead and stay with you. So do the math. If you did a 30% increase in your rates and 82% retained services with you, then you're actually making more money. You're not working with as many clients and the clients that do remain with you, you can actually go ahead and have a higher quality relationship with them. Yeah, that does make sense. Let's go back to that internal resistance again. I can see how the the leaders, the owners would set the prices. And if they want to raise fees, then they would pass that down and make the business case for doing that. What about the people lower down that, feel that they are worth more they've got clients they feel they can do more for and charge more for and add more value for they've got to make the case to the board to the executives to the partners to the people higher up so they meet might resistance they might meet resistance going the other way uh, are you i want to clarify are you talking about the accounting professional that has to meet with the board or are you talking about the client that has to meet with the board and talk about the fact that the services will be increased. I'm talking about the accounting professionals employed in the firm. They're not running the firm. They're not leading, but they feel that for their clients, they can charge more, they can add more value. So they've got to then make the justification internally to their leaders for a price increase or an increase in their fees. So they will meet with internal resistance, passing that up. That's what I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. I, I see what you're saying, Rob. Thanks for clarifying that. What I would say is that there are some firm owners who definitely believe that the fees need to remain where they are and they are resistant to change. And that's where you have to really kind of just stick with it. And maybe you can seed over and over and over again over time and look at this as a long-term gain that they might eventually come your way and see things. I also believe that it's how you position the conversation with the firm owner. If you're able to show them probably numbers as well as give them evidence and be able to give them more rationale as to why this is aligned with where they're going, then you're gonna have more influence over that uh, decision than if you just say, hey, we ought to be raising our fees, we're not cha charging enough. And, and I've seen many, many times where, as you mentioned, there's someone in the firm who realizes that the principal is definitely undercharging and that it is something where it would need to be collaboration and teamwork in order to be able to move this forward. Uh, but the other part I think is important to look at is a lot of times the firm owners are not the best people to be going ahead and raising rates. Uh, that's a lot of times why Ron Baker says that you ought to have a pricing department or team that gets together and sets the prices inst instead of it being on any one person because the fact that one person might undervalue the services and most firm owners do undercharge. So I think that collaborating with someone else internally that sees your value is a great way to go. Yeah, that makes sense. Having a champion or an advocate or an ally and trying to push forward some new policies. Talk to us about what accounting professionals need to consider about their clients when they're looking at raising rates, Lauren. Well, I think that what you want to do is if you're thinking about raising the rates with your current clients, and, and I've seen it with some legacy clients have never, ever had a rate increase 
or the new clients are at one rate and then the legacy clients are at another, which means that you actually have a wide gap in your pricing for clients and that does affect your uh, profit margin as well. So what I see is that once again, you first have to connect with the reason why you wanna do this. And it's not purely selfish. You don't wanna tell anybody that my fees have increased, my own services and costs have increased because that's true for them too. They don't really care about that. What you wanna do is really connect with the value and why you wanna do this. So there's a couple of steps in order to raise the fees of legacy clients. The very first thing you wanna do is send out some type of communication, typically an email, or if you still do regular postal, uh, send it through the mail, some letter that you're making changes within your firm uh, and that you wanna eventually have a conversation with them about that. So you're just letting them know that you're making some changes and how those changes will benefit them. Do you need to and justify next... those changes, Lauren? You, do you say something like, because of the current economic climate or to continue to deliver the high levels of service we need to do? Do you need to justify that at that point? Yes, I, I want it to be not because of the economic climate, like I said, they're experiencing that as well. I want it to be because you're raising the quality of services that you're offering. So you want it to be all about them. Once again, we want it to be client-centered. So we want to make it about them and that you want to increase the quality of services. Uh, and then the next thing is either you or someone on your team, preferably someone on your team, reaches out and schedules a meeting with them to have with you or whoever that person might be about moving forward. So that's step number two is getting that meeting on the books. The third step will be meeting with them. You, this is where you don't want to pitch them and tell them all the reasons why you're raising their fees. Uh, you want to have what I call that value conversation. You want to find out what it is that they're looking to achieve maybe over the next 12 months. You want to look at where things are with them now so that you can see the gap between where they want to go and where they currently are. You want to understand what are some of the metrics or KPIs that you could measure that would help them with achieving that. Also, you want to find out why this is important and why this matters to them. And if they have any concerns that would keep them from reaching those goals. Those are some of the questions you might wanna ask so that you're really tuning into what's important to them. And then after that, you've talked to them about moving into packages. So this is where you have the opportunity to separate your fees from time and an hourly rate, and you move them into packages. Uh, it is apples to oranges instead of oranges to oranges. So they can't really compare that well, which is actually great. Uh, and you want to give them some options as to which package might be available to them and a best fit for them. So this is really coming from being an advisor and helping them make a decision that's in their best interest instead of your best interest. The other thing that happens during that conversation is there might be some objections that come up. I want you to prepare for them ahead of time. What do you think would be the top three objections that could possibly come up and prepare for them? Have a soundbite written out. Do a dress rehearsal on that soundbite ahead of time to be able to answer it without feeling scripted or having your anxiety go up too much. But as you know, people don't like change. They like things status quo and you want to prepare for some resistance or objections. Um, so that is the next thing. And then the last thing is discuss the investment moving forward. This is where you discuss the new fees, how to be able to set things up. I will let you know if you've been doing invoicing and getting paid after the fact, this is your opportunity to start getting prepaid for services. 
and being able to make that transition. So those are the things to do with legacy clients to get them up to new rates is you send out some type of communication, schedule that meeting, have a value conversation, prepare for objections and be able to discuss the money part. That's very good. It's very prescriptive. And from my experience, accountants like that. They like step one, step two, step three, say this, do this. This is the order. So it's laid out for them. They're enormously big on structure and process and everything else. So that's probably much appreciated. But what is difficult in this is the word value. It's so subjective, isn't it? Because what you deem as valuable might not be the same as me. So talk to us about value, particularly when it comes to pricing. And can you actually put figures or metrics around that? Mm -hmm. uh, what I would like to say uh, first about value is that what clients value about your services are different than what you value. From a client's point of view is what you know. So your insights, your expertise are more valuable than what you do. What you do is important to you because that's where you invested your time, your energy, and your uh, money was to be able to gain those skills and be able to invest in the software and have your firm. But your clients, when you talk to them too much about the different processes and the software involved and everything like that, they don't really understand financials to the same degree that you do. So eventually they lose interest or their eyes glaze over or they get overwhelmed listening to everything. So you really want to focus on what's in important to them. And what they care about is outcomes and solutions. That's why the value conversation has you understand what's important to them, because what you want to do is understand the challenges that they're fa facing, the frustrations, what they've been uh, tolerating, what they want to achieve, but they can't achieve yet. And you want to understand those things. And then you want to educate them about the solutions you offer. This isn't selling them. This isn't pitching them. They're just informing them giving them an overview, like that 30,000 foot view uh, of the strategy of how to be able to achieve those things. And then that is where they see the value of working with you. So that is the way to have a value conversation is to really be able to step into their shoes and look at things from their perspective where you understand the problems, you educate them about the solution, and then they see the value of working with you. What One other part to that, Rob, I wanna just add also, is that clients are considering three things when they're looking to move forward with you. They are considering the relationship, the service delivery, and the price. So as you can see, I mentioned price as number three on the list. Clients that have been with you for a long time, they love you, most of them. They know that you care about them, that you know really what's top of mind for them and that you're looking out for them in their best interest. So the relationship is very, very high value. The service delivery is them trusting that you have the tools as well as the know-how to be able to deliver on what they're hiring you to do. So that is really the service delivery part that really matters too, because how often have we been burned where we did invest in something, hoping to get an outcome, and that never happened or didn't happen in the time frame that we were promised it would happen. So service delivery is very important to most of us as business owners. The third thing is price. I will let you know that most of us, we want to get the very best that we can for the price that we can afford within our budget. So that's something to think about. And the only clients you have that prioritize price over the service delivery and the relationship are your price sensitive clients who don't respect you. They want a lot without having to pay for it. And those are the ones that give you anxiety. 
So this is kind of like where you get to clean your list and the people you wish would go away, they actually do at this point. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit about mindset. How would you recommend accountants get started in their minds to separate fees from time and, and transition to a more value-based offering? Uh, th this is connected to a resource that I have. It's at businesssuccesssolution.com forward slash package. And it shows you how to start a package of services, but it also goes into what I'm going to share now, which is called good, better, best pricing. This is thinking about learning how to ride a two-wheel bicycle. And in the beginning, you know you're going to fall down. So you put some training wheels on the back as you begin to get a little more balanced and you're not as shaky. So the way that Good, Better, Best works is it's transitioning you away from your cost plus or your hourly rate towards value pricing. And what we're going to start with is the good column. This is with the good tier, you're going to have people coming to you that are interested in your services. What I want you to do is to calculate how much your initial fixed fee would be by how many hours you think the work is and your hourly rate. And you come up with that original fixed fee you would have given them. Now we're going to go ahead and multiply it by 1.5. This is your new good rate. I want you to enroll three people at this new good pricing. After that you enroll those three people, we jump up to tier two, which is your better rate. Once again, people come to you, you come up with that original fixed fee of calculating your time by your hours, by your hourly rate, and now we're going to multiply it by 2x. This is how you're now earning double without doing any additional work. You're going to start enrolling people at this new rate, that's your new better rate, which is two times what you originally would have charged. And as a result, you're realizing that people aren't quite as price sensitive as you thought they were. You're getting more comfortable with having that initial consultation with them and focusing on what is top of mind and valuable to them. After you enroll three people into your new better price, we jump up to tier three, which is your best price. I'm going to let you know, offering your best price takes courage, not confidence. The confidence comes as you see people starting to say yes to you. But now you're working with a better quality client. They value what you have to offer and your expertise. They're more likely to follow through on your recommendations. So once again, with these clients at new best pricing, they come to you, you calculate what the original fee would have been, and now we multiply it by 3x. You're now earning three times more what you originally would have done for that project. No additional time spent working. And because of this, you have increased your revenues. You don't need as many clients to meet your monthly revenue goals. And as a result, you end up getting some of your personal time back that you originally sacrificed. So that is how you do the good, better, best pricing and start to move towards value pricing. And once again, the resource is at businesssuccesssolution.com forward slash package. That's great, Lauren. We'll put that in the show notes as well for our listeners to go and grab that. So on, on packaging and pricing your services, that handout. Uh, just to finish off then, Lauren, you've shared a lot with us today. You're very prescriptive on your action steps and do this, do that, and everything else. What words of encouragement would you give? And I don't want to scare the accountants, bookkeepers listening by asking you the question, what happens to those that are unwilling or unable to put their prices up? Because we're going to get things like they'll become irrelevant and they'll find it very difficult to compete. But some words of encouragement for those that want to get started with changing their pricing, they want to get their heads around this they do want to start making some changes. What would you say to them in closing? Well, what I would say is as long as you connect your fees to time, you will eventually hit what I call the upper limit challenge. And the upper limit challenge is where you're unable to 
increase your revenues because you maxed out on your time and you sacrificed. How long are you going to be able to continue sacrificing your personal life, your health, time with your family that you can never, ever, ever get back? Isn't that the reason that you have a business is so that you can have that flexibility and increase quality of life? So once again, this takes courage, not confidence. And with my clients, They've had that upper limit challenge too. Uh, so did I in the beginning. I burned out and that's why I moved in this direction. I'm a fan of having a business that supports your life instead of one that drains the life out of you. So I do a lot of hand-holding with my clients and I give them the resources. I show them how to do that. I give them the words to say, to be able to make it happen. And once they start doing it, they see the benefits very, very quickly of how they're able to earn more and work with better quality clients. And this is possible for you too. That's great. And presumably they don't do this overnight. You work with them for a time before they're ready to raise their rates, right? So you're working a few months in advance. Well, I actually want them to see this benefit as quickly as possible. And most of my clients are able to increase and see another five figures at least in their business within the first 30 to 90 days. It just depends on them and how much handholding and resistance they have. But some of them, they recoup their full investment of working with me within 30 days. Uh, most of them recoup it within about 90 days or so of working with me. Lauren Fogelman, it's been great talking to you today. Thanks so much for your passion and your insights. I appreciate this, Rob. Thank you for really offering this because I know you are raising the bar for accounting professionals. Accounting Influences Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting, brought to you by Advanced Track, your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Thank you for listening to this new talent in accounting podcast. This is a relatively new show, but already has over a thousand listeners. So we appreciate you tuning in and sharing the show with your connections. If you have a potentially good guest you'd like to see on the show with some great insights on talent, reach out to me on LinkedIn with a message and we'll follow them up. And as we build this show up, we're looking for a couple of sponsors for whom talent and the accounting finance space is important loads of great opportunities to get your brand out there and show your key messages and even get some of your own guests on the show. Again, drop me a message on LinkedIn to tee up that conversation. And for great podcast content elsewhere, make sure you subscribe to our main show, Accounting Influencers, goes out every Monday. And join the 40,000 listeners in 150 countries for brilliant interviews with the top leaders, experts, and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Finally, why don't you join us and our community with some conversations at our next virtual speed networking session. These are now taking place every two months for accounting, finance, and tech professionals. 75 minutes of speed dating, great discussions, raising your personal profile, making new connections. Go to accountinginfluencers.com to register your free place for our next event. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.